Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Want to thank you for joining us today. I've got a show for you that I'm just so encouraged by because I'm going to be talking to parents, to pastors, to deacons, to youth leaders about the perfect place for personal encounters with Christ. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now, but within 10 minutes, you'll know, and then I'll try to substantiate with reliable statistics as well as personal experiences and why that particular place is the perfect place for personal encounters with Christ. But let me just back up a second. You know, across the United States, there are encouraging initiatives amongst various Catholic groups and dioceses to promote a personal encounter with the living Christ. And some of these initiatives particularly are focusing on Catholic children and youth, and I couldn't agree more with the need to do that. Now, not every initiative is going to be as effective as others. Some may not even work, um, although it's very noble that they're doing the attempt. I want to start with a quote from Benedict XVI. You've heard me say this quote before, but this one really needs to be deeply embedded in the mind of every Catholic parent in the 21st century. This was Pope Benedict's message at the 26th World Youth Day in Madrid, and this is what he said. Listen so carefully. The Christian faith is not only a matter of believing that certain things are true, but above all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ. It is an encounter with the Son of God that gives new energy to the whole of our existence. When we enter into a personal relationship with him, Christ reveals our true identity, and in friendship with him, our life grows towards complete fulfillment. Boy, there you have it. Any initiative that wants to promote a personal encounter with Christ, this needs to be in gold letters. Pope Benedict XVI at the 26th World Youth Day. And to parents, hear this. This is what the Holy Father was saying to young people, your children, the message for your children's generation. And Catholic parents, you need to know that for your child's faith to survive in the toxic cultural environment of the 21st century, they will absolutely need to have that personal relationship, that personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to step on toes for just a moment, but I'll have a good part of this <laughs> to follow up with. But hear this, CCD by itself is ineffectual in the 21st century to prepare young people to be disciples of Christ. Ooh, Catholic schools by themselves, along with Catholic high schools and Catholic homeschooling 
by themselves is ineffectual in the 21st century to prepare young people to be disciples of Christ. Now, I said I'd follow that up with something very positive, but with this personal encounter with Christ, CCD, Catholic schools, Catholic high schools, Catholic homeschools, youth groups, Catholic colleges, every form of children, young people, uh, youth ministry, their initiatives will be a hundredfold more fruitful if it follows and is built upon this personal encounter with Christ. If you wouldn't mind permitting me to bore you for just a moment, as I mentioned some of the various types of ministries that I've been involved with. Uh, First was Sunday school, and again, a lot of these were as a Protestant minister and youth minister, but let me go through the list here a second. Sunday school, I've taught Sunday school of all ages, actually starting in kindergarten up through all grade school levels. I've taught junior high Bible studies, senior high Bible studies, college and young adult Bible studies, and adult Bible studies. I've engaged in evangelism, in beach evangelism, campus evangelism, and prison evangelism. I've been a youth minister that had a youth ministry that reached out to uh, young people from dozens of churches covering two counties. I've been a Bible school instructor. I've been a youth coordinator for my county for the Billy Graham Crusade in Tampa, Florida. I've engaged in open-air preaching and evangelism. I've coordinated Christian concert outreaches, and I was a church planter, which in Protestant circles, that means you start from scratch and develop a congregation. Now, I bored you with my list, but do you know what I have found amongst all the different types of ministry activities that I've had the privilege to be involved with? What was the very best place for developing a personal encounter with Christ? It's a four-letter word. It's not a nasty one. It's a good one. Camp. By far, in my experience, camping experiences are the perfect place for promoting personal encounters with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about the most remarkable week, I dare say, of my Christian life. I was a college student at a Christian college, probably not knowing much better, but I volunteered to lead a week-long church camp for children up in the California mountains. And at this camp, some kids came by themselves, and so we had counselors for cabins of these kids, and other children came along with their parents. And I didn't really realize it, actually, till this week, really thinking about this camping experience and how smart it was, particularly for those families, because here's how it would work. We would all have breakfast together. That is, all the children in the camp, and then the parents who came with their children, they would have breakfast together. And even our pastor came into the dining hall, and we all had breakfast together. So we started the day together, and then the pastor would take the parents off, 
and they'd have various types of Bible studies and fellowship with the adults throughout the day. Meanwhile, my job was to coordinate with a bunch of great volunteers, various athletic events, crafts, uh, Bible lessons, and outdoor adventures during the day. Then we'd have dinner. We'd all come back together, and then we'd separate again, and I'd have an evening program, a campfire program, with a brief spiritual message and sometimes some special guests speaking. And the blessing of this is looking back is that the real challenge today, if you do a great job, let's say as a CCD teacher or a confirmation class with your young people or as a youth pastor, and everybody involved in these ministries know where I'm going with this, but if the parents aren't on board, well, you get a child confirmed and they will come to Mass because the parents aren't going to Mass. So it's important to reach the parents along with the children. George Barna, the pollster, said this years ago, quote, the greatest influence a church may have in affecting children is by impacting their parents, unquote. So, in other words, this camp, which had every mark of a children's camp, there were 100 kids I was responsible for from about 6.30 in the morning till whenever they were supposed to go to bed, and then, you know, a little while after when they were supposed to go to bed. It was an exhausting type thing, but the kids had all the summer camping experience uh, that children would have at a children's camp, but their parents were getting it as well, at least the opportunity. And those kids who didn't have parents who would want to come still had the opportunity to go to that camp. And during this week at this camp, and I've described this in various talks and radio shows that I've given, but I've seen the most profound encounters with the living Christ that I've ever witnessed uh, was at this camp. And it was entirely remarkable. You contrast that with what we're facing today, that the dropout rate for all Christian youth is alarming, but the dropout rate for Catholic youth and young adults is a staggering two-thirds who were sometime active in church life have fallen away. Now, if we keep doing the same thing, we will not get the same results. I know you've heard it mentioned differently. If they keep doing the same thing, you'll get the same results. No, we will not get the same results because there's such a thing as a trend, and the trend is getting worse. It's not getting better, and the trend is increasing in intensity. So if we keep doing the same thing in the formation of Christian young people, with the trend, we will not get the same results of a two-thirds dropout. It'll probably move to a higher percentage because the trend is in motion. So what do we do? Well, here's my recommendation. It's very straightforward. It does mean we start doing things differently. We start putting our money in different places, and we realize that Our number one priority is getting that personal encounter with the living Christ with young people is critically important, and that camping experiences are the prime vehicle for doing so. Now, remember that I mentioned during the camp that with the young people, we did athletics and crafts. 
Yes, we did Bible lessons and a little devotional around the campfire at night, but there were outdoor adventures and races, uh, running races, swimming races, and all this type of thing. And you would think, well, all that stuff's a distraction. We really need to get down to to the meat of things, like the Bible lessons. Well, here's how it works. Something I discovered way back then, and actually you'll find this in my books on uh, Christian fatherhood and legacy for Catholic dads, it's this. The way to convey a strong faith in Christ is to develop, as a dad or as a mom, a strong relationship with your children. The relationship between teacher and child is like a bridge going from one person to another. The stronger the bridge, the stronger the faith that gets conveyed. That's why camping, where you're living, eating, playing, we constructed things, we made things, we had adventures together, that was the bridge. We built a really strong bridge upon which the faith could be conveyed. This is the secret to conveying the faith. This is why parents are so important. This is why my idea from the camp that I didn't even realize how important the parents were because I was so busy trying to take care of 100 kids. But you have this dual factor going on because the parents are the ones with the strongest relationship with their children. And if you can simultaneously, this is the challenge of the 21st century catechesis and spiritual formation, discipleship preparation, is strengthening parents and their children, and you can knock these off in one shot. And this camp, by the way, ran from Sunday afternoon till Saturday morning, and lives were changed. So what do you do? Dioceses and parishes invest heavily in solid camp experiences. And what do I mean by solid? Well, let me just give you one example of what not to do. I remember uh, my teens came back once from a uh, teen retreat, and they were going on uh, at the dinner table how funny certain jokes were and hilarious skits and everything else that went on and on and on. And, you know, that's right. If you're ministering to teenagers, you don't have something funny and some funny skits and stuff, you're probably going to bomb out. But I asked that, what did you learn about the faith? And it was just silence. Nothing. It was fluff. It was hot air. You see, the fun you have with the kids, the adventures you have, that's supposed to be bridge building. But if you build the bridge and don't convey the faith over that, you have totally and completely wasted your time. So you want substance. You want the real thing. And here's another dynamic that a lot of people, well, just here it is. If you don't have it, you can't give it. If a teacher, a catechist, confirmation class leader, a youth leader, um, anyone, if they don't have that personal encounter with Christ, that personal relationship with Christ, it is entirely impossible to convey it. So you need people leading this with that encounter with Christ, 
and doing things that will build the relationship and have fun with the young people and is meaningful for the parents simultaneously and the fellowship experiences and such, but you also want a very solid substance of the faith to get across. And modernistic stuff that's filled with doubts is going to get nowhere. It's, it's absolutely lifeless, okay? So you want substantial, strong, solid camping experiences. Now, I want to give you a personal testimony. And again, I'm speaking from my Protestant youth, but it's very similar to Catholic young people. My parents sent me to Sunday school. Uh, Even friends of my parents were teaching Sunday school, and they also sent me to catechism class when I uh, hit the teen years. And you know what? I remember one Sunday school lesson And it was a particular one. It was different. It was a testimony given by the teacher. But other than that, I remember absolutely nothing from my Sunday school years. Zero. A complete, utter zero. Okay? And I was managing to get fairly decent grades in school. So, like, Sunday school was a total loss for me. Oh, well, you were different. Maybe I was. My catechism class, you know what I remember from that? Other than the name of the class, nothing, zero, absolutely nothing. And at the same time as I was growing up, actually I was even younger, my parents sent me to a YMCA camp, Camp Dent. My dad happened to be on the board of the YMCA, so he got me in a year early and I was supposed to go. And my parents were very concerned. They came either midweek or the end of the first of the two-week session saying, you know, it's okay. You're young. You can come home if you don't like this. And I begged them to let me stay for another two weeks. So I ended up staying four weeks. And at the end of four weeks, I begged them, pleaded with them, let me stay another two weeks. So they let me stay six weeks. I tried for eight, but I didn't get it. At Camp Dent, we used to sit in an outdoor chapel on Sunday And one of the camp leaders, particularly one that really caught my attention because he was the best athlete in the entire camp. He was also an outstanding outdoorsman. And he was also, it was known, but he didn't make a big trumpet blast about it. It was known that he was the strongest Christian. I can remember those devotionals from Camp Dent 60 years later. I can remember them. They're indelibly impressed upon my brain because those camp counselors developed a relationship bridge for a young boy who was just in his element at all these outdoor adventures and athletic type things going on and swimming and canoeing and hiking and cooking out in the woods and all this type of thing. And then just a little bit of faith goes such a long way. And again, my formal education as far as Sunday school and catechism, I can't tell you a single thing. Now, maybe I'm different, but you might do your own survey. And again, not everybody's going to like to hear this, but personally, I found Vacation Bible School an unchallenging bore, and I begged my mother to deliver me, and she did, versus the camping experience, I begged my parents to stay, okay? So I'm just saying, think a bit more of a challenge, a little bit more of an immersion experience, Uh, Not something kind of nice and safe with crafts. I mean, like at Camp Dent, I mean, I was eight years old, 
And the counselor kept the pocket knives, but at a certain point in time, they came out. And we learned how to whittle certain things and lash with rope and this and that. Was that safe? No. Did it capture my intention 100%? Yes. And because I was captured by this, did the faith get across? Did seeds get planted that last for decades? Yes. So here's what I recommend. And this is going to involve doing things differently. There are three things, and the first two are most important. First, have a camp for parents and school-aged children, as I've already described. Now, what if the, some kids want to come to camp and their parents don't? Then you get the volunteers, or you get the grandfathers to be the camp counselors for the cabins for the kids whose parents don't go but do it for parents and school-aged children, and then split them up and have the camping experience. And I'm not talking about simply praying and studying the Bible and the catechism all day. I mean having the most unforgettable outdoor adventures and experiences perhaps these kids have ever had and some challenge to go along with that, especially for the boys. I can't speak entirely for the girls, but I know the boys need the challenge, okay? And then you give them the religious instruction. Now, here's where people are going to drop their jaw. I strongly recommend that this becomes the first communion preparation, period, as an alternative to those who want to go to the classroom during the school year. My guess is that the long-term effect from the classroom first communion uh, experience is is minimal, but that if you do the first communion prep during a week-long camp experience, it will last lifelong. Uh, that's, I'm just putting it out there, okay? Along with that, summer camp number two as an alternative for confirmation preparation. By an alternative, I mean you're required to undergo one of the two things, your year-long confirmation classes in a classroom, traditional classroom, the way it's done, that's producing two-thirds of our dropouts in youth and uh, young adult years. If you want to keep doing that, that's okay. But I recommend summer camp for First Communion prep, and this may be without even the parents there because the kids might be a little bit older, unless you're some of those innovative dioceses that are doing a younger First Communion, then you might want to do both with the parents. You can experiment a little bit. But why have these camps for the young people? Well, again, back to George Barna, he found that the probability of making a lifetime commitment to Christ, 32% of the people who actually end up doing that are between 5 and 13 years old. That that is the camp for First Communion and Confirmation. That's the camp, okay? For ages 19 to 99 or 109 or whenever you happen to die, it's only 6%. It drops entirely. And teenage camps, uh, it's only 4% make the lifetime commitment between 14 and 18. So this is where you really want to put the focus. I dare say I would still have a camp for youth groups, um, this, this is where you need, you know, youth ministry to be reinforced and uh, relationships made and faith conveyed. Now, in addition to this, I would give great emphasis to having both priests and bishops attend the camp. Um, 
I found, for instance, in my camp with 100 kids up in the mountains uh, at the time, and I don't know how you feel about contemporary Christian music, but at the time, probably the number one music group for contemporary Christian music happened to be attending the adult camp. I just went to them. Would you play for my kids? Sure. And they came over. My kids didn't know that they were famous musicians and everything and played for them. Now, what would happen Say if a young man was in that campfire, like I was. I mean, I was really taken by these campfire talks and the camping experiences. I mean, my counselors had my attention. They had all of it. Okay. And what happens if a young man sitting there and a bishop shares with them just something very simple, but how Christ can make such a vital difference in that young man's life? And then the bishop may mention there at some other time, um, by the way, if you ever um, get interested in the priesthood, give me a call or send me an email. Here's how to get in touch with me. Um, do you think that might change the vocational crisis that folks are talking about? I think it might. I think it also might leave such a lasting impression that young people will have a lasting faith. This is the key to this. So, um, my my church in California that had this camp rented a facility when they were doing this, and then they eventually uh, bought a facility because they saw it was so important, and they were running a Bible school, which is one of the Bible schools I taught at. They do a Bible school during the school year up there as well for college-age young people, maybe between their uh, sophomore and junior year, between high school and college, wanted to get some Bible instructions on a more formal level. Uh, here locally, the Greek Orthodox Church in the upstate of, of South Carolina has an utterly beautiful retreat center in a natural setting tucked away in the far western corner of South Carolina. It's, it's a gorgeous setting. And now to top it all off, they're building a beautiful church on the property. They're bringing workers all the way from Spain for some special thing they're doing here. I don't know exactly know what, but, you know, this is where investment needs to be made. Uh, a lot of talk about personal encounters with Christ, a lot of talk about reaching parents, primary educators of their children, a lot of talk about keeping kids Catholic. This is how you do it. Four-letter word, camp. And John Paul II said that, you know, when children come from catechesis, they need to have that, that inward arousing with the help of grace to bring them to a solid living faith in the living Christ. And he says the way you go about that will decide the tone, the language, and the method of such a catechesis. I'll translate that. It's a four-letter word spelled camp. Okay? So, rather than a new multi-million dollar education facility or a few thousand dollars for a camp, I'll let you decide. But you've been listening to Faith and Family. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Wood. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.